Here I am, back again for your listening pleasure on the Comparison Group Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate all the listens I got on the last show. Tremendous. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The shows were very popular, focusing mainly on the media, Fox News. People seem to really enjoy the discussion on Twitter, so I thank you for that. Please keep listening. Let me get my plugs in so I don't forget them. www.thecomparisongroup.com Follow me on Twitter at comparison underscore show at comparison underscore show listen to the show apple podcast itunes spotify twitcher no stitcher follow me on twitter listen on stitcher google podcast amazon music anywhere just tell your google home hub play the comparison group podcast it'll do it Let's start the show. I'm getting right down to business here. Defending the indefensible. Guns, Facebook, and billionaires. How am I going to do it? Well, listen up and I'll tell you. First of all, let's start with the billionaires. That's an easy one. Poor Jeff Bezos. Is it Bezos or Bezos? I'm calling him Bezos. Poor Jeff Bezos. After Richard Branson goes into space, the left beat up on him a little bit, but the left really beat up on Jeff Bezos. Every comment, Jeff Bezos wasting his money going into space when we have so many problems here on Earth. It seemed to be everyone on the left had that same reaction. And I kind of mentioned it a little bit after Richard Branson, but I didn't make a big issue of it. I just found it to be a little bit strange the way the left reacted. But when it came to Jeff Bezos, I had to say something. I tweeted to Elizabeth Warren. I sent out some other tweets to inform people. I think you got the wrong billionaire here. The big common complaint was Jeff Bezos. You got all this money. You're spending it in space. What about the problems here on Earth? Namely, wildfires. That was one of the big ones that everyone brought up. There's wildfires going on here on Earth. Well, what do you think? causes wildfires. The left would typically tell you climate change. Jeff Bezos donated $10 billion, billion with a B, to climate change in 2020. People are starving. People are homeless. Why doesn't he do some good with that money? And then he gives $100 million each to Van Jones, a leftist, leftist activist, and this chef Andres guy, who I'm not too familiar with, Gives them $100 million each to spend as they wish helping people. Let's listen. So after returning uh, from his quick trip to space, Jeff Bezos had uh, two other big surprises in store for uh, for people today. Uh, he made charitable donations in the amount of $100 million each to two people, two friends of this program, uh, that, uh, that are the money is to be used as they see fit. They're CNN political commentator and former special advisor to President Obama, Van Jones, and Chef Jose Andres, founder and driving force behind World Central Kitchen, which served millions of meals to disaster survivors. What these hundred million can do is how, how can we make every dollar to multiply 
planting the seed in coming with simple, better ways with boots on the ground in emergencies to be next to the people when they needed the most, which is after the hurricane, the fire, the tornado hits, being next to the people now. And beyond that, how are we gonna be doing reconstruction to make sure that the money we put forward is not thrown into the problem, but invested into the solutions. Again, we can do better, we must do better, and food is a great pathway to build a better future. You know, I've been a part of bringing people together across political lines to get people out of prison. You've gotten yeah. criticized for that. I've got, gotten criticized, but not by the people who got out of prison. Uh, 22 uh, bipartisan uh, criminal justice bills in the past three years in states like Georgia and Mississippi, tough places, where we've been able to get red and blue, black, white, and brown together to get stuff done. And I think Jeff Bezos saw that and said, listen, if you can actually get people together, maybe some of these problems can get solved. And so the key is to believe that ordinary people are a lot smarter than the folks who get paid to yell at each other on TV or in Washington, D.C., and to empower them with the ability to solve their own problems is what we're going to do. You know, this man could spend his money in, in other ways for people who are you know, suffering right now. You talked about that in your talk today when uh, when you were named as, as, a, as a recipient of this. Can you just talk about what, what you say to those who say, look, you know, is space exploration something that, that we really need? Well, listen, I mean, the last time we had the space race, we got something called solar panels, which may actually wind up saving the Earth itself. So, uh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm pro-innovation, I'm pro-entrepreneurship. I just want everybody to get a chance to play. But I will say this. When this guy has lifted the ceiling off of a bunch of people's dreams, uh, you know, somebody's reaching for the heavens, there's a lot more heaven to reach for. We should be inspired by that. And by the way, it's not either or. You see these also, you know, investing on stuff on the ground. Uh, Van Jones, uh, Chef Jose Andres, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Congratulations. So $10 billion for climate change last year, $200 million to these two guys to help feed people, to help maybe get people out of jail who've been wrongly imprisoned if Van Jones chooses to use his $100 million for that. And if you want to be cynical, you could say, ah, Jeff Bezos is only doing that for publicity or to better his image. So what? Let's say he is. I don't think he is. I think he actually wants to do some good. But let's just say he is. It's like Van Jones said. The people who he got out of prison aren't complaining. Other people are criticizing him for being too in the middle, working with the other side. So let's say Jeff Bezos is only doing this to improve his image. You think the people that are going to be helped with this money are going to care? I said the same thing about Trump. When Trump signed a criminal justice reform bill and people said he's only doing that to play politics, so what? You think the people that are helped with that criminal justice reform bill care why they're being let out of jail? They're just happy to have something that was wrong made right. And that's the same way we should feel about this. You think Jeff Bezos is wrong because he doesn't pay his fair share in taxes? Well, Jeff Bezos' compensation in 2020 was $1.7 million, which let's just say for argument's sake would have meant he would have owed somewhere around $800,000 in taxes in 2020. I told you, he gave away $10 billion. So what's the problem? Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, the left, would you rather he give that $10 billion in taxes so the government can take it and spend 200000 of it on 10 laptops? And remember, Jeff Bezos isn't giving this $10 billion or this $200 million to some endowment somewhere so that he can get his name on some building. 
He's giving it to the very causes the left cares about the most. And the left ripped him apart. If you're upset with his company, Amazon, for poor working conditions, well, you've heard me say it before. If the working conditions are so bad at Amazon, go get another job. No one's forcing you to work there. If you can't go get another job, well, there you go. What are you complaining about? Be happy you have a job. No one should have to work in a sweatshop, but somehow we've decided work is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be enjoyable. It's right back to that leftist thinking that no one is supposed to struggle. No, when you're young and healthy and ambitious and eager, that's when you're supposed to struggle. That's when you're supposed to work some of these crappy jobs. It gives you the ambition to get better jobs. You're supposed to struggle when you're young. When you get older and you've worked all your life and you're retired, that's when you're not supposed to struggle. But where is the left sending most of the money with the child care tax credits? To the young people. Doesn't make sense to me. So all I'm saying is pick another billionaire. I think you got the wrong guy here. And by the way, the whole show is going to be like this, leftists. I'm sorry. I should tell you now. I should have told you in the beginning. But it's going to be pretty hard on you this time. Come on now. I've been hard on the conservatives in the past couple of shows. It's your turn. Show me you can take it now. Show me you can handle these opinions. Show me that you're in the comparison group and you understand that sometimes you got to take that cold, harsh splash of criticism in your face. Okay, moving on. Guns and violence. Defending the indefensible. Are you about to defend guns and violence, you ask? Not really, but in a way. You'll understand. What are we going to do about all the violence in this country? What are we going to do about all the shootings? That's what we're asking right now, right? First of all, stop listening to CNN when they try and answer the question, what are we going to do about all this violence and why is it happening? I saw a commentator, a host on CNN, ask, uh, I guess, another commentator, a contributor, why is this happening? And she was a young white female. Very nice. I have no issue with her. But she answered the question, why is all the violence happening? Why is all the shootings occurring in the inner cities for the most part? She said, well, it's because of the pandemic restrictions. The pandemic restrictions are lifting now. Things are being eased and people are coming back out and they have a lot of pent up anger and energy about being locked down. First of all, let's get a grip on that word lockdown. It's being overused now and used improperly. It's not like people are emerging from their houses with long fingernails and long hair and the sun is hurting their eyes. No one was really locked down for a year. So let's get away from using that term if we could. Second of all, why are they asking her? Again, nothing against her, but I'm not so sure this CNN contributor has ever been in the inner city in her life, much less in the last couple of years to understand why so much violence is going on, which is why she gave that answer that when I heard it, I said, that doesn't sound right to me. Well, my skepticism was confirmed when I was listening to a radio show and the host was taking phone calls from people in urban areas, in the inner cities, and he was asking them, why is all this violence taking place? Where are all these guns coming from? What's going on? And I listened to the show for a good couple of hours, and not once did I hear any of the people say it had something to do with the pandemic lockdown. 
They gave a lot of different answers, some expected, some not so expected. But it was clear that the people who lived in these areas had a much better grasp on it than someone on CNN. For example, one of the unexpected answers I heard was, it's because of Instagram. Instagram? Yeah. They said there are beefs started on Instagram. People go back and forth on Instagram, talking about each other, maybe a girl is involved, whatever the case may be. Next thing you know, they meet up in public and they have no problem pulling out a gun and spraying bullets. So Instagram, what kind of thugs are these? Sometimes it was explained that the violence is because of old, ongoing disagreements between gangs. Sometimes people just talk trash and provoke one another on all different forms of social media. There's a never-ending revenge cycle. You shot my homie, now I'm going to shoot you or your homie. Simple disagreements just escalate because no one wants to look weak or be disrespected. One reason I heard a couple of times was because no one really wants to fight, which I thought that was really interesting. You know, back in the day, you really didn't want to fight. If you were confronted with someone, you acted like you wanted to fight. But then as soon as your friends held you back, you said, ooh, ooh, thank goodness. But you kept struggling. Let me at him. Let me at him. I want to fight him. But you really didn't want to. Well, these kids don't want to fight either. So what they do is just spray bullets and run away to avoid a fight. What you also discover is if you live in a suburban area, nice suburban area, you go to a nice school, you don't want to be the only kid without the newest cell phone or the newest pair of sneakers. Well, in the urban areas, you don't want to be the only kid in school without a gun. If you go to high school or you live in these neighborhoods and you don't have a gun, you're a victim. You're weak. If you live in these neighborhoods and you're not in a gang, you're a victim. You're an outcast and a target. So you better get yourself in a gang. And if you get yourself in a gang, you better get yourself a gun because people want to kill you because you're in a gang. And on top of all of that, a direct quote from a caller was guns are as easy to find here as picking up dirt off the ground. And that's where the left sees the problem. That's where it kind of ends. Too many guns, too easy to get. We need stronger gun laws. And I could stop there too, but I'm defending the indefensible. So I'm not going to stop there. It's not only about public policy. It's not only about gun laws. It's about personal responsibility. You can change all the laws you want. You can dump all the money you want into these communities. If you don't get people to understand, they have to accept personal responsibility for the conditions in their community. It won't change a thing. Babies having babies, 16, 17, 18 year old girls having babies, which leads to absentee fathers, which leads to the streets becoming the child's family. No involvement in how the kids are doing in school who their friends are, who they're hanging around with. So they go down a bad path and there are not enough role models in the community to keep them from going down the bad path. Now, don't fight this. I know it stings. I know it does. But you know these kids aren't born bad and it only stings and only upsets you because it sounds racist. Because this is an argument that's made a lot of times by people who are racist. But I'm not racist. And this saying these things is not racist. The same way Black Lives Matter is a necessary focus 
on a problem that's unique to the black community, having this discussion is a necessary focus on addressing a problem that's unique to the black community. And if you say, well, it goes on in the white communities as well, it does. But does that excuse it going on in the black communities? And it's more serious right now in the black communities. And I recognize there are good people in these communities. There's more good people than bad people. And there are people who are fighting to make their communities better, from pastors to community organizers to just regular concerned citizens that start neighborhood watches. I recognize those people are out there, but there's too much of a culture in these communities of the police are the enemy or I'm not going to snitch. A frequent thing I heard on the talk show I was listening to when people were calling in from these communities is people don't want to snitch. They have a no snitch culture in these communities. They say people know who are doing the shootings. Again, there are more good people than bad people. So people in the communities know who are doing the shootings, but they won't talk. They won't talk to the police because I'm not going to be a snitch or the police are the enemy or we're just going to handle this ourselves. That culture has to change. That has nothing to do with public policy. That has nothing to do with reducing the amount of guns in the community. So I'm not really even beating up on most of the people in the communities. I'm beating up on the elected officials. Any elected official that sees the problem from one side, public policy regarding guns, and they are scared to death to say the things that I'm saying, but it's part of the problem. The things that I'm pointing out are part of the problem. The elected officials and the talking heads who lose their minds anytime anyone on the right mispronounces Kamala Harris's name, lose their minds. You're not going to disrespect a black woman like that. But when some rapper makes a video and throws a stack of cash in the face of some young lady, half naked, sliding down a stripper pole, do they say anything? Not only do they not say anything, they ask that rapper, hey, would you mind endorsing my campaign? Cardi B runs around half naked and just about every performance she does on TV and just about every music video she does and her lyrics and her songs are as sexually suggestive as anything you've ever heard. Now, as just a regular guy, as a podcaster, I got no problem with that. But as a politician, shouldn't they say something? Shouldn't they say, hey, Cardi, great performer, but could you help us out? And could you cover up your butt? You're sending the wrong message to kids in these communities. No, they want her to endorse them. When Megan the Stallion runs around on stage where her butt cheeks hanging out, do they say anything? Do they critique her for it? Do they ask her to clean up her image a bit? No. They say, hey, I'm having a campaign event next week. Would you mind introducing me? Jay-Z makes no bones about the fact that before he was a rapper, he was a drug dealer. Makes no bones about that fact. That didn't stop Obama from wanting his endorsement, from making him a very visible part of his campaign, and even after he was elected. And again, as a regular guy, as a podcaster, I like rap music. Some of it's a little over the top for me, but I have no problem with the performances of some of these young ladies. I particularly like them. But as a politician, is it time to recognize that some of these songs some of these performances, some of these videos, some of these lyrics are creating a toxic culture 
in some of these communities, which is leading to maybe sex and violence? No, because politicians turn a blind eye to it because they know it's not going to be popular. I can remember Pitbull about 10 years ago when he was really, really hot. I guess he he might still be hot now. I don't know, but he was really hot about 10 years ago. And I heard him in an interview and he said just about every campaign, Republican and Democrat, had reached out to him and asked him for his endorsement. And Pitbull, being a smart guy that he is, he said, no, I really don't understand the issues as well as I should. So I don't want to offer an endorsement to either side. And they told him, we don't care. We just want your endorsement because they just wanted the Latino vote. Now, I hate the NRA. I hate gun manufacturers. I hate people who load up pickup trucks and drive guns to these inner cities to sell them. But I also hate politicians that have no backbone. I hate politicians who pander to their voters. So maybe it's not just about stopping the flow of guns into these communities. Maybe it's also about accepting responsibility for what else we're allowing to flow unchecked into these communities. On to Facebook, defending the indefensible. I can't believe I got to sit here and try and defend Facebook. I hate Facebook. The left has a problem with Facebook. The right has a problem with Facebook. Everybody's got a problem with Facebook. But we have to be careful here. I hear talk on the left about trying to do something to hold Facebook accountable, to make it possible to sue Facebook when there is misinformation on their site, on their platform. And I say we have to be careful here because with a billion users sharing information every day at the speed of light, how much can Facebook really do? I guess this also goes a little bit to personal responsibility because the second Facebook takes down 10 pieces of misinformation, a thousand more go up. So at what point do we need to start expecting people to exercise some common sense? I told you in the last show about a conspiracy theory that Barack Obama had killed 30 U.S. soldiers in a helicopter crash in order to cover up the fact that bin Laden was not dead or the conspiracy theory that Bin Laden was not dead. Now, Facebook can say, we will do our best to take that stuff down off our site as soon as we see it. But what can we do when literally millions of people believe the president of the United States and the vice president, because apparently Biden was in on this too, worked with Iran, who the U.S. paid billions of dollars as part of the cover-up and to keep quiet about the cover-up, as the conspiracy theory goes, to kill U.S. soldiers so that it wouldn't get out that Osama bin Laden was actually alive. Now, the only people who know about this incredible bit of information is right-wing media, apparently. This is something that's heard on right-wing media. So millions of people believe this story that originates somewhere on right-wing media, and no one else knows about it. No one else is talking about it. No one in Congress, no one from the military, from the intelligence communities, no whistleblowers. What can Facebook do with that? If people don't have the common sense to stop and ask, how could this be true? And only I know about it, along with everybody else in my Facebook group and right wing media. What can Facebook do with that? 
It's like suing someone over coffee that you spilled on yourself because it was too hot. Aren't you supposed to know coffee's hot? You got these young kids today. They go and watch the Fast and Furious movies, and then they take to the streets drag racing. When they kill themselves or kill someone else, can you sue the makers of Fast and Furious? No, of course not, because there's supposed to be an understanding what you're seeing is not real. This is where the left gets themselves in trouble and gets called the nanny state or gets criticized of regulating companies too much. On the right, they dislike Facebook because they feel like Facebook infringes on their First Amendment rights when they're not allowed to just post whatever they want or say whatever they want. My feeling on the First Amendment is you can say whatever you want, you can post whatever you want, but there are consequences. That's not infringing on your First Amendment. If you want to put up lies, if you want to put up things that endanger people's lives, you go right ahead. Those are the people who should be sued. Those are the people that should be held accountable, not necessarily Facebook. Again, Facebook should be required to accept as much responsibility as necessary to protect their users, but the people who should be sued and held accountable are the people who are posting the lies, the people who are originating the lies and the misinformation, the people who got out of their way to promote and share the lies and misinformation that gets people killed. So defending the indefensible, I don't know what Facebook can do here. It seems the only thing they can do is put up some sort of dis disclaimer, like I recommended for media and news channels, a disclaimer that says most of what you're going to see here is utter nonsense. The only thing I can do is ask, is there anything, is there anything that you can hear on the radio that you won't immediately believe is true. By the way, President Trump will be hosting a poetry slam at the Apollo Theater in Harlem next week. Tickets are $100. You can send the money to me at the Comparison Group Podcast. I can hear some of you out there now. Hey, you didn't give the link to get the tickets. Thanks for listening. That's the show. www.thecomparisongroup.com www.thecomparisongroup.com to find other podcast episodes, to find sources and fact checks. Follow me on Twitter at comparison underscore show at comparison underscore show. Please subscribe to the show if you listen on Apple Podcasts, if you listen on Spotify. It'll really help me out. I'm trying to grow the show here. I'm trying to do some exciting things in the future. YouTube-type things. Live call-in-type things. That's right. Support the show. Let's grow the comparison group. And hopefully we can get there together. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>